Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at audible.com. If you use our custom URL at audibletrial.com slash comicpop, you will get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. You can get over 180,000 titles that you can download onto your phone, either i or Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Use that custom URL of audibletrial.com slash comicpop and get yourself a 30-day free trial and one free audiobook download. I recommend The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. After Lord of the Rings hit the scene, I kind of became a fanatic for Lord of the Rings and had to know everything I could know about the universe that Tolkien created, and I started with The Hobbit, and it is a really, really fun book, and it's one that I like to kind of revisit every now and then. This audiobook makes it so much easier for me to just kind of revisit it anytime I want to. So I figured I'd pass the experience and the savings on to you and recommend you download the J.R.R. Tolkien story, The Hobbit. And no, it's not three disappointing movies. It's just one short, fun story. AudibleTrial.com slash Comic Pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal, that's Joel, and we're going to be talking about good old-fashioned comics today on our show. But that doesn't mean that's what the show's always about. Sometimes we talk about some samplings from pop culture that are tangentially related to comic books. But we like to break it up by talking directly about comics at least once every other episode or so. You know, that's the wonder and the joy of the Elseworld Exchange. We don't know where this show's going to go. We're working without a net. We're working without an itinerary. That's right. It can be anything. We're the Flying Graysons of comic book podcasting. Here's hoping we end up better than the Flying Graysons who just became the Flying Gray Son because everyone else died. That's true. That's true. But hey, at least they got Nightwing out of the deal and he is an awesome character. Um... I, I loved in a, I think it was like one of Kyle Higgins' last stories, it was his Zero issue, where they look back on the Flying Graysons, and their standard, like, circus costume is just Nightwing 70s costume with the big collar. That makes sense. That's a really good sense. idea. It's, it's a nice reference. I'm like, yep, yep, that's that's what circus gear would look like these days. Yep. He looked like a circus clown. Mm-hmm. He sure <laughs> did. But only Dick Grayson can get away with the friggin' disco collar. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, he was like, "I'm a pill. I'm a. I'm. A, I'm a pinnacle of masculinity. What do I need to do? I gotta show off my chest." But unlike Neil Adams, I don't have budding chest hair because I am yet but a boy. I am not quite a man yet. <laughs> There's a, there was a funny joke I saw. It was like a little parody tweet going around there. It's like, man, you know, uh, comics in 2016, they need to bring back the skin. But it wasn't any of the female characters. It was all like the male characters who had the super plunging necklines. Like yeah. Captain America when he was Nomad. When he was Disco Nomad. Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, you know what? Good on them. Like, I was going to say, that was an embarrassing time. But you know what? Then, in that case, it's embarrassing every time we force a new cool or classic female character to dress like an elaborate cosplayer on Halloween night. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's amazing. But there's, today's th- oh, there, there's been a lot of that. Like I like I've railed against Batgirl's new costume. Like, yeah, it's cool, but it's also just an elaborate cosplay costume when it makes no sense in the story where it's like, well, why don't you buy better stuff? Yeah. I, I like I was at first when I first saw that Batwoman or that Batgirl costume, I was like Okay, but at the same time, I you know I, I kind of dig it. I, I like the uh, 
I like the I like the motif they it's, went with. It, it, it's grown on me, like I said, even though it makes no sense in the story. Because like for that first arc, she's like, oh no, my my storage locker burnt down with all my superhero stuff in it. What do I do? Well, I guess I'll just put something together with what I have. Right. But then as time goes on, it's like you really should have bought new gear then. <laughs> well, then she's like, no, like I'm a victim of I'm I am the I, the circumstances created a situation where I I that 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 never would have come about if i had had control over it it's like the scarlet spider you know people That's like true. he he had no costume except for the classic Sleep. head to toe suit and mask but threw on a hoodie and all of a sudden sleeveless hoodie oh he I made it a sleeveless hoodie he'd rip those sleeves <laughs> off that way it shows how grungy and badass he is is there anything more 90s than a sleeveless hoodie i don't think so i don't know man uh i mean is there anything more 90s than the scarlet spider uh, nothing really very few things uh especially with his ankle pouches and visible spider belt but <laughs> speaking of ankle pouches you had a thing you were looking at a superman action figure there and you're like okay big giant gun I get, but what's the ankle pouch about? Oh, that wasn't even an ankle pouch. An ankle pouch is really dumb. But a leg belt? Oh, that's right. It was on his leg, wasn't <laughs> it's it? It's a big, stupid silver leg uh, belt. But what it does is, uh, I think, while it doesn't really f- serve any kind of function, it uh, it breaks up the 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 blasé nature of a head-to-toe black suit. You know what it is? I'm pretty sure that version of Superman was really, really afraid of Candiro fish swimming up his pant leg and biting him in the junk, so he was sure to put something on there to protect his leg. I mean, let me tell you, that version of Superman had no power, so he would have been susceptible to that kind of attack. Candiro fish, man, the deadliest of all (laughs) fish. I'm going to say that right now. Did you ever uh, watch Project Runway? No, I can't say I ever did. Okay, I've seven seasons deep, but like, there's a character or an a- or an actual man on Project Runway named Tim a Gunn. Character? No, a man. No, He's a man, a real a- person, but uh, plays a hilarious cartoon character of a person named Tim Gunn, who is fabulous and amazing. I want him on every reality show. You ever watch Face Off on Sci-Fi? Another oh, show that I'm dedicated to and have to watch? No, I, I, I haven't watched Project Runway, but I think I know the guy you're talking about because Mad TV would always make fun of him. He's like he's like a weird silver-haired yes. guy who's coming and goes, mm, I'm not sure about exactly. that. Exactly. He, he, brings, that he brings uh, seasoned gay wisdom to the to the competition. He's their mentor and helper. Uh, he is he's in... Faust will be in 40 years. Exactly. He's going to be like, this worries me or that's a lot of look and uh one of the things that i always in fact uh he was so popular that like during the heights or near peaks of project runway marvel got in bed with it and created like an iron man book in which tim gunn appears uh look for there's a cover where yeah tim gunn is standing in front of the iron suit like hmm He's an amazing character. I love that guy. I want him in every reality show, especially <laughs> Face Off, where he could show up. Michael Michael Westmore, who did a lot of great effects for Star Trek and stuff, comes out. He's the, he's the Tim Gunn of that show. Mm-hmm. But I want Tim Gunn to come with him and be like, that's a lot of look for that spider-faced monster. I don't know. I mean, do we need... I understand it's a spider, but we need, do we need eight mandibles? I mean, don't <laughs> doesn't the fact that it is a spider tell us what's a spider? <laughs> Man, you, you would just want to sit that guy down with all the worst superhero costumes. Like, hey, here's Captain America's Nomad. Mm, that's a lot of neckline. That's the right? thing. That's, they did that. They did that where they showed Tim Gunn a whole bunch of superhero costumes. And he and they go like, what do you think? And there are so many that he's just like... And one of the things that he didn't like the most uh-huh, was uh-huh. the classic black and white Spider-Man costume. Really? He was just like, so it's just black? 
Like, there's nothing interesting about it. For him, he was like, it's just a logo. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and for the Superman character, for that black costume Superman with a uh-huh. mullet, like, it's just head-to-toe black with, an, with a silver S. It's literally the black costume Spider-Man costume. And I think the way to break it up was, give him a silver leg belt, it'll break up all that monotony. But I remember being like, oh, Tim Gunn's gonna love the sleek, uh, slimmed-down, uh, classic look of the spider costume. Nope. Hated it. Wow, that's now, interesting. And that's just the one thing where the bootler, I just, I do not agree with the man. I love and that they suit. go back, and they go back to that black suit well a lot in the comics, don't they? They well, they. Tr- it's funny because uh, they do when the situation in pop culture requires them to. Like, <laughs> if Spider-Man Three is coming out, for example, all of a sudden Spider-Man will be back in black. Time for back. I own a couple copies that are back in black. I think he was fighting like Mister Hyde Ugh. at the time. There's a couple of. I mean, he well uh, depends on which. I mean, after, uh, b- right before One More Day, he does a whole bunch of, like, back in black, like, story arcs where he's fighting Kingpin, or he's fighting whoever, it's, it's really a cool idea, I guess, that was clearly dictated from on high, uh, but anyway, costumes, that's another show, we should definitely talk about costumes. That is another show, you know, we should shelf that for another yeah, time, I costumes. think, co- like, who is the coolest costumes, who is the worst costumes, who wore it better, because yeah. multiple heroes sometimes wear the same costume. It's true, by the way, Tim Gunn's favorite costume, Mr. Fix-It Hulk. Really? He's like, Hulk in a, in a tuxedo? That looks fabulous! And he's just like, he's like, what a cool idea! Like, you, you have this giant man in this refined suit. I was like, that's funny. Um, that's the one I would not, if I had money, if I was a betting man, I would not bet that that's the one he liked. No. Uh, but today's topic is superhero crossovers, more specifically Marvel-DC crossovers, but not going to dwell in the past. We're not going to talk mostly about the stuff that happened, but more speculate and ask the chat and comments what's what's the future if anything of marvel and dc crossover it's been a very long time since we've had a big intercompany dc marvel crossover and you would think with the movies making money hand over fist it would be a no-brainer to be like well yeah obviously we got to bring these together at some point it's true uh for me i feel like the last big one was the avengers jla crossover which i didn't really expect for a while i was like oh geez like this is like this is finally coming out because back in the 80s they were teasing this whole idea that marvel and dc were going to get together and finally pit avengers and jla because they'd never really done that before even mm. back all the way in 1976 when they did superman versus spider-man uh and then all the way up to the marvel dc crossover of 1996 or 97 mm-hmm. which was horrible in in the heady days of 1996 yeah back when they were just all I, that was funny I, I i almost admire them a little bit in 1996 or 97 when uh dc and marvel were churning out holographic covers gate foil covers <laughs> or gate fold covers foil covers chrome covers alternate covers x-men number one which came out and i think 1994 was still is the, still the number one best-selling comic book of all time. Why? And because, and because of it, it's worthless because so many people bought so many copies. But it, it, the reason why it's the best-selling comic of all time is because there were like 12 covers and they didn't do that yet. So people mm-hmm. didn't know that they were the same freaking issue. And so they bought. So the speculators bought them all up to, to, le- to collect them. And average readers were like, wow, there are a lot of X-Men comics out today. No. So, uh, yeah. And you... now it's totally commonplace. Now, every month, the different companies come up with a different variant scheme. That's the thing. And, like, for me, 
variants are that's so it is the epitome of greed and bullshit in I mean, the industry. some are nice, like that whole Neil Adams thing they did. I like a lot of Neil Adams art. So I, I love, I love alternate covers. I think it's a cool idea. I love the art that comes from them. In many ways, the variants are many are are, are opportunities for them to do something new or something dis different or something like bombshells for one. Yeah, something non-campaign that proved so successful it launched its own goddamn comic. Seriously. And a great uh, statue line, and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. they make calendars and posters and shit. Board yeah. Games. By the way, that's uh, that's Aunt Lucia who does those original bo uh, bombshell uh, designs, and Beautiful he's stuff. so great. He doesn't just do the DC characters; he did some really, really badass Star Wars ones. Cool. Uh, I have one. I should have gotten the other one. Uh, they're kind of like wartime, you know, like girly type pinup posters where it's right, Leia, like, this, like the kind you would see on like the uh, fighter plane, exactly. Or or in or in a locker at a you know in a in a GI's office or a outfit the, the, the stuff that Steve Rogers would have up in his locker right yeah and it's really cool stuff very that, tastefully that, that done kinda, let's go get them boys let's go get them Axis forces the, the the cover that I love the most is Leia in the slave bikini on top of the cannons of Jabba's sail barge and it says Wait, like yeah. man the cannons like the Empire is coming and I'm like this is funny and awesome. <laughs> But uh, so variants are cool, but I feel like the way in which retailers get them is kind of cheap and bullshit. Like yeah. you're forcing retailers to order thousands of extra copies that they're never going to sell. That they can't return so they can get like what? Five variant covers. Like, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then of course you get the digital version. Sometimes they just throw them all in so you can enjoy them for nothing. It's true. It really is true. And I mean, it really gets out of uh, hand when you have stuff like uh, uh, D Dark Knight three master race that's going on right now million variant covers for that it's book. cool it's a neat idea like hey uh creators and artists and popular people who work on comics like everyone your, wanted to do one what's your favorite moment from the dark knight return series and 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 portray it and we'll throw it in that said fuck that effort like i mean like it's a really cool idea it's and i love effort for nothing and so much really cool art so some of it better than the shit we're yes. getting it's which true. is saying it's a true. lot because andy kubert needed that extra time the book uh, dark knight three master race number three looks phenomenal which, which came out today as we record this it, did. it looks phenomenal we're going to talk about it on our show dk3 wtf which comes out uh i guess it's next been week. a while uh it's been well we've haven't had any freaking books uh <laughs> but uh but the variant problem is something that needs to be addressed because yeah. the because they're getting greedy and we're not even getting benefits from it. And the reason why True. I'm saying that is because DC Marvel, they're making all kinds of bullshit in 1996, 97. And then they said, fuck it. Let's work together. We're both being obviously greedy in the exact same ways. Let's sell shit together and so they did that whole terrible crossover where they're where, where they're from different universes and the universes are robot brothers and and they ask the fans to dictate who wins which, which is, is never why, a good idea which is why bone claws wolverine beats lobo <laughs> and it's just like it, we finally got a big epic crossover out of it we finally got like these universes we got these titan like titan bouts superman versus hulk two pages and they couldn't even really decide who wins yet until that, the results came in and that's and that's the real problem with crossovers right there and especially intercompanary crossovers yeah. company it's a word whatever <laughs> just gonna move past that but sure <laughs> just move past my flub whatever yeah 
it's the fact that when you have two characters together, you never want to make one character look stronger than the other because, you know, that might tick off the fans of that other character and also might, you know, nullify them, too. It's like, you know, why should I read about this guy if he can't beat so-and-so? And it's funny because we, we talk about Superman versus Spider-Man in, in, in tomorrow's episode of Back Issues, and nice. that's kind of what spawned this whole episode that I wanted to do because I was like, man, like, the, the idea of intercompany crossovers are amazing. That was the first one that they finally where they're like, let's take our two real characters and put them look, together look, in the same universe. Look, look, look at Sal here going for theming for his channel, right? Or <laughs> making sure everything lines up. Exactly, uh, which I don't normally do. But uh, we, but even back then, the first crossover, which is you know, in many ways, if you can, if you want to really inflate its. Uh, allegory, we could say it's like when George Washington became president and a lot of the things he just decided randomly became part of the office of being president, like like term limits and, you know, just two terms, four years apiece. Like, Chopping down cherry trees. Just just the, the, the office itself and all the chicanery that comes with it uh, was just because the guy wanted, didn't want to be president forever, so it was... He didn't want to be king of America. Exactly. So it was with the so Superman-Spider-Man crossover where they're like, well, okay, like each each character gets to have one slug in and each character has to uh you know respect the other and there has mm. to be just like this checks and balances system where they're both kind of around the same level at least in some capacity and also they've got a fight then team up and fight Later the bad guys who all got together well before the superheroes fought like the the villains get along immediately yeah, Whereas the superheroes don't. I never thought of that. You're right. Villains do get yep. together. But as a consequence, it's usually the inverse where the superheroes fight and then team up. Whereas the villains team up, but then fight and then they're own, their they're own undoing. Even though you would think that would be the other way around because most kids' understanding is like, well, all good guys are friends anyway. Yeah, but, but no. Well, it's funny because the kid understanding is like, sure, all good guys, fight, all good guys you know, recognize each other. But who would win in a fight, though? Yeah, that's the other thing. No, but really, though, yeah. what part of my toy box would beat the other part of my toy box? Exactly. Um, but as the crossovers continued, they were like, all right, well, let's watch them fight or let's watch them do the, like, just reenact the same formula over and over again. And after 1996, 97, there was like a big drought because of how crappy it was and how universally panned it was. People still yeah. bought the shit out of it, but it was just just trash but it did usher in a whole bunch of other crossovers that were not part of that universe like or rather they weren't part of the event which would have been can you imagine event comics existed even up even back to 1981 but the way but i think the event comic had been um kind of perfected after mm. stuff like civil war yeah where I'll they're like all right Here's the event, main book, tie-ins, maybe specialized series like Civil War Frontline that are created specifically to supplement the main e like event, and any stories that are that are any ancillary characters that are in the event can also have their own tie-in. It's it's so streamlined. It's like we have one every year now. Oh man, how do, who could imagine that? <laughs> but uh, but can you imagine intercompany crossovers being or following the same? Uh, you know, methodology as event comics today. <laughs> like, man, a DC Marvel 
event where they're both or DC versus Marvel being a book and then having like amazing Spider-Man has its own tie in where he deals with the DC universe and you know, the justice league has their own tie in where they're dealing with the Marvel universe, just all these like ancillary crossovers and tie ins. You wouldn't be able to stop the influx of money that is just pouring into the system. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, it's amazing that, uh, that for all those reasons you mentioned that they don't do it, but I guess as the chat is sure to bring up, it all comes down to ego. That's the thing, uh, because after Avengers JLA, we haven't really gotten another crossover with Marvel and DC, at least, since then. And yeah. it's hard to imagine because the the JLA Avengers crossover is perfect. And I used to hate it. When I first, <laughs> when I first got it, it was, I think, three issues, three, four issues. And uh, prestige form, just a great format, nicely bound, drawn by uh, George Perez, written by Kurt Busiek. Two titans in both wheelhouses. They both know the universes. And apparently they were also, like, encumbered because uh, each time that, like, the the book takes took so long to make that characters' costumes kept changing. Oh, of course. And so they're like, oh, but you have to change it so that, like, Iron Man's costume is more like it is now, which is hilarious because Iron Man was in such a state of, in, of, of flux at that point that, like... You just just do the one from thirty years ago, and, you'll be fine. and in many cases, uh, heroes ended up wearing their worst possible costumes. Some for of them it. did, but the best part was because DC Marvel or J- JLA Avengers was more or less a crisis. You got every incarnation or iteration of those characters all kind of crossing over. Like they resurrected Barry Allen and Hal Jordan before they were resurrected to be part of the crossover. So much took place in that crossover that. For me, is like the most epic DC Marvel cross, or the most epic crisis. Oh, I lost Joel. <laughs> hey, we lost Joel. I don't know what happened. You lost Joel. I know. I know. Oh man. Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, the DC Marvel crossovers and the future of them. Oh, cool. It's kind of like a theming thing. Oh, awesome. I know. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. So, all right, uh, the fact that, like, you had this kind of crisis situation between JLA and Avengers where, like, they deal with Krona and there's this th- there's this universe-threatening event and it deals with time and space and uh, it- it's technically in continuity, th- it could have been a great and glorious uh, herald for those two universes finally kind of acknowledging each other and taking part in a collaborative comics effort can you imagine this is before D, uh, marvel was owned by disney it's while dc was owned by warner brothers but warner brothers didn't care at that point so disney or dc was kind of left to its own devices can you imagine a world in which after jla avengers and its success and everybody kind of being part of this world uh that they said you know what we're all comics here Let's make it happen. Let's make this work. They said something to the effect. I remember there was a there was a rumor about uh, a ongoing uh, comic series called Spider-Man Batman, and it was going to be basically run by both companies, and it was going to be like an ongoing series, kind of like Batman Superman, where it doesn't really technically take place in any single continuity, but it could take place in any continuity. Kind of like Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. And I remember that was a rumor, and I was I was so hopeful, but I also was so cynical that I'm like, there's no way they're ever going to make that. Um, so yeah, uh, from that, I was just like, man, 
wouldn't it have been cool? And so that's kind of what where I was going with the show, was like, let's talk about the future of Marvel DC, where we are, where we could have been, and, and what the future holds for them, if anything. Because where we are right now, with these two mega conglomerates owning both companies, and with those two companies both kind of really, really taking the wind out of each other's sails. They, they, it used to be there was a friendly competition between Marvel and DC. Um, that's Joel. There used to be a friendly competition between Marvel and DC, but now uh, it seems a lot more angry, a lot more... I don't know, vicious? I mean, let me know what you guys think in the chat and in the comments. Do you feel like there, like there is some bad blood between those two companies or not? Because I feel like there is. I feel like it's less friendly and more direct, which doesn't really help anybody. Well, now they get total feedback at all times from their from fans and people who don't like them. Well, like, it's amazing because, like, so? Like, they've always had fans or they've always had feedback, and just because it's instant doesn't mean that it's correct or proportionate to the to what the market wants right but it's it's harder to ignore like you can just not open letters that's the thing i was i i i was talking about this recently with somebody where i'm like oh it was the it was the dc rebirth announcement after dc rebirth was announced they're like hey dc rebirth what the fuck does it mean who knows and after bleeding cool did their like r article that had no basis for her for foundation had no actual evidence or content and they said this is what dc rebirth is bam 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 dc felt they needed to acknowledge it mm -hmm. and so the first teaser that they released after that was d was the same exact fucking image but then it said it's not a reboot and it never was for a lot of people, they felt like, yeah! like Or not for a lot of people. For the vocal people that I saw in forums, people were like, yeah! Like, they're really telling us what's happening! For me, I felt like that was a knee-jerk, frustrating reaction. Oh yeah, of course it was. I feel like that was, like, unnecessary. It was needless. Where they're like, it, 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 was, it, was, it insisted upon itself. No, of course it did. Both companies are trying desperately to keep control over what it is that they're putting out there, even though... You can't really do that, but they want it. Yeah. So yeah, from uh, from there, I was just I was just telling the chat and, and Tiffany who filled in for a few minutes. Oh, that was nice. Thank you, Tiffany, for tagging in. Um. They. Uh, sorry, just a second. Boom. Okay. Uh, I was just talking about how uh, it feels like there's l that the the uh, the, the there's less likelihood of a collaboration between Marvel and DC because the competition seems a lot more it does angry. It doesn't seem yeah. like it's like it's f like it's just a friendly little ribbing between two people who, or two companies that are in the same fucking boat together. Which, which, should that be indicative of where we stand in comics in general right now? Like, are both comic companies doing so rough or feeling like they're doing so rough? I don't think that they are doing rough at all. I think it's the best time in the world to, like, be reading comics, be buying comics. It's doing better than it ever has, not including the inflated, like, period of the 90s. You can't count the 90s, really! I mean, you do, but, like, Gen 13 number zero pre-ordered a million copies. A million copies? You know, Batman sells 170,000 copies in a good month. 
and for a number success. one or a number 50. There's no fucking way those numbers are ever going to be. So you can't really count the 90s, but I do occasionally go like, holy shit. But uh, these are two companies that, like, they're doing the best shit they've ever done before. Or at least they, they're doing they're doing new shit. Consistent, they're doing interesting yeah. stuff. They're they're trying new things. They're playing with formats. They got some of the most bright and interesting creators of their time. And they're being shackled by the times of the past and yeah. by their own self-imposed need to compete. Like Captain America Winter Soul or Captain America 3 Civil War mm. and BVP or BVS. Batman yeah. vs. Superman. Both movies, it's not like people are going to see one or the other. Yeah, you're you're going to see both. If you're a fan, you're going to probably pay to see both, and maybe in some cases you'll pay to see it multiple times. I see no reason why the comics need to bend over backwards to try and accommodate well, these movies that are going to make money hand over fist anyway. Exactly. You could have them, like, and, and all that really matters, all that matters to the, to the conglomerates, to DC and Warner Brothers is, who gets the weekend? Who wins? And it's like, Nobody, man. Everybody wins. The fact is, everybody wins when you make an R-rated Batman vs. Superman movie and a Civil War movie with fucking Spider-Man in it. Like, give... You know what? Why don't you both go to the fucking negotiating table and go, you get this weekend, you get this weekend, no yeah. no direct competition, we both dominate. We both clean house. We both yeah. clean house. There's no fucking reason to be combative about it. And... And at the very least, if the studios are going to be combative about it, I mean, look at Marvel Studios. This was a thing where when Iron Man comes out, we're all like, this is going to be the best fucking thing ever. And then there's like, we're making this and this and this and this. And then we're like, we're going to do a, a, a show, uh, you know, uh, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show that'll be part of the universe. And, and Netflix. then. Yeah, and Netflix. But now we're hearing like that the TV studios and the movie studios don't get along. Yeah, really. And it's that's... like, what the fuck are you doing? We're not do we we didn't we didn't come this far to trip each other up on our own fucking shoelaces here, guys. Is, 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 is that just human nature, man? Is that just what we're all about? <laughs> I guess it's just that like. Are, 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 are we all just like the hermit crab, man? We, we we can't prop a crab up. We gotta knock a crab down. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, it's it's a real thing. If you've ever seen crabs in a bucket, crabs, oh yeah, crabs will try and escape, but then the other crabs will pull them back. Oh, down they'll pull each other's arms off. I know. I've I've it, I've gone it, crabbing before. Because a crab is such a cruel creature, it cannot you know see another crab get ahead of it's it or true. get a foot up. Yeah, I guess we are crabs. Uh, it it sucks because like if the movie studios can't get along, at the very least, why can't the comic book industries get along? You There's would no think the reason. comic industry would do it before the big ego-filled uh, movie guys. Well, like look at the look at the uh, uh, the X Men movie 2000. Uh, before that, uh, Marvel hears because Bill Jemis works through his, works his magic through movie studios to finally get an X Men movie greenlit, and Marvel gets the word out. They're making an X Men movie. Wolverine's gonna be a big fucking deal because he sells goddamn comics, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they're gonna do the and they're gonna explore his origin, and. And Marvel said, well, not before we do. There's no fucking way that the movies are going to dictate what the comics do. That's yeah, not, not how we roll. Watch. Not on our watch. So then they did Wolverine Origin, and they did a damn good job. It's a wonderful origin, and it perfectly fits in with his continuity. It's it, 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 Paul Jenkins. Uh, I think it's uh, Andy Kubert. I don't remember if it's Andy, Andy or Adam. But, like, in any event, a Kubert's on it, and you got Paul Jenkins writing it. It was a gorgeous, great book. 
And it worked, and they were able to apply it to the movies, but even if they didn't, who gives a shit? Because the comic universe and the movie universes are separate and different. We don't need them to be the same thing. I would I would say too probably two of the worst most egg on their face failures that DC has done in the last little bit has been trying to kowtow to their movies and TV shows. But it's like, hey, Jeff Lemire, you got a great Green Arrow uh, run going on right now. Everyone loves it. You know, you really breathe fresh life into the character. Everyone's digging it a whole lot. Well, how yeah. would you like to work in more characters from the TV show? It's true. Like, I I, I, I no. wouldn't know. We think you should, though. People really want to see Diggle. So you should really work Diggle in, even if it makes no sense for your actual story. And then Aquaman, it's like, ah, hey, Jeff Johns, you finished off a great run. Hey, Jeff Parker, you did really good picking up the ball and running with it. Ah, but Jason Momoa, though. Yeah, we, well, it's going to look different, though. So... Uh, it's, and then in, it, to have in both those cases them just reel it back so hard and be like, okay, 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 that stuff never happened. We're sorry, we're sorry. And, and like, that's the that's the bottom line is that they always come back to the to to the foundation, to the basics, and it's proof positive for me that the way to make good comics is to just do that. Is just yeah. make good comics and be and and recognize. We're all in this together, guys. We're all in the same boat. Marvel went fucking bankrupt less than 20 fucking years ago. Hard to believe, right? You know what Considering I mean? like, how on top of the world they are right every now. Every 20 years or so, the industry is gonna collapse. It's these same people who talk about how, like, American democracy... I know you're not American, but, like, you hear about it, I'm sure, a lot. Like, oh, American God. democracy is... Oh, it's, oh, there's only a... It's hanging all by a thread. If, if this one elected official is elected, then everything will fall apart. Well, you don't have a lot of fucking faith in this goddamn democracy, then, do you? If one guy in a system of checks and balances can fuck up everything. <laughs> like, because of one thing, everything falls apart. Like, no, it's a democracy. Like, you have no faith in humanity then. I was gonna say, I don't know, man. I was gonna say, I don't think that's anything that another Bush uh, administration couldn't get done. Look, I we I try not to get involved in politics, especially on our channel, so I'll only say that the fact is... When when I, I I despise doomsayers when it comes to like the death of such and such, whether it's American falling. democracy, the world, the or comic the comic book, book industry. industry, which which they've been saying we're gonna have another crash in the comic industry for like damn near twenty years now. What will cause saying. that crash is lack of integrity. What will yeah. cause that clash is an inflated is inflated bullshit. Is that variant cover crap? Is not recognizing that we're all in this together and we all fucking have a stake in this. And that's where I all, like, people have, since the beginning of fucking comics, everybody wants to see a crossover, whether it's within the universe or when they start establishing there are universes or other comic book publishing companies, intercompany crossovers. They want to know, can Batman beat Captain America? Can Superman outrun the Flash? Like... True. And people want to see them pair up. They, there are so many great parallels by great writers in these crossovers that, you know, it's almost like a no-brainer. Look at the uh, the original crossover classics of Teen Titans and X-Men. Oh, uh, yeah, it's so, written yeah. by Chris Claremont, and it's drawn by, I think... Uh, I don't remember who drew it. I think it was, John, I think it was George Perez. But it's amazing art, it's great story, and it makes perfect sense. There's another great crossover, Batman Spider-Man by uh, DiMatteis and Bagley, mm. where they highlight their origins. It's two 
men who lost someone because of their because of their self-perceived negligence and the people yeah. who love them that recognize that they're wrong and the the nightmare monsters that like haunt their dreams that's a great fucking crossover and a great brilliant like paralleling of two people who believe that with their great power comes great responsibility mm -hmm. it's the kind of thing that's like you can't pretend that the other group can't doesn't exist while also vehemently and desperately battling against them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And so I feel like, you know, the crossovers represent for me a, a, a sense of hope, a sense of wonderment, a sense of like, look at when, uh, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's like when they take those photos of American presidents when they're all together. And you're like, look at them all sitting next to each other and fucking talking about the same thing and working towards a common goal and getting something together and, and, and really doing some good and setting aside their stupid bullshit for a second. Just make something good happen. Uh, an intercompany crossover for me represents a celebration of the industry itself. And the fact that we haven't had one in 25 years or so, or in 20 years or so, is indicative of the wrong at. direction of comics. We're, we're making a lot of great decisions. We're making a lot of big strides in the comic book industry. But, but treating each other, and by each other I mean companies, as hostiles is not the way to work it. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, I'm sure you've got your own pitch uh, for a series of crossovers. I know I had a couple when, I, when you told me this was the topic yeah. we're going to do. So uh, I have a couple. I'm sure you have a couple, too. And I know the fans have been uh, pitching ones, too, in the comments. That's true. Uh, who, who would like to go first? Oh, well, go for it, man. I want to hear some of your picks because here's the thing. One day they will do it. One day <laughs> they will figure it out because, like everything, eventually the people who liked the thing that happened – are, will become old enough to take over the, the industry. True. It's why we're getting some cool shit and some stupid shit, like Fuller House. Yep. Like, yep. Because the 30-something's in charge of that studio, so now we're making that. You know but what like, I liked? Full House. Let's do Full House, but with none of the characters from Full House. Yeah, let's do that with all the characters you don't like. Uh, <laughs> cool, sounds great. Uh, but one day, we'll, we'll see some crossovers. I think that... It would be mean, like, let's do a sequel to Seinfeld just with Newman. Right. I mean, honestly, I was expecting there to be a Kramer show with <laughs> where it's Kramer and Bob Sacamano and and Newman, and I'm so glad that didn't happen, but I'm sure Michael Richards isn't. <laughs> yeah, my, my, Michael Richards was sure to, uh, you know, nip that one in the bud. Exactly. Uh, but I feel like there is hope for, the, for that future, and so in this optimistic future... These are the kind of comics that we would like to see. These are the kinds of pitches that we've got mm. for, for the industry. For either ourselves when we break in, or for people listening who might be have their ears towards the ground a little closer to the buffalo than we do. <laughs> now, you said there that you know these will happen at some point. Here's a pitch that probably wouldn't happen because it's a pitch just for me and maybe like two other people, and those two people might be the writers. I want to see Secret Six meets or versus, depending on how you would look at it, the superior foes of Spider-Man. That's Listen, what I that is a thing that they could probably get away with now. <laughs> you think? You think so? Because, I mean, like, Secret Six is on its way out as of Rebirth, and Superior Foes was great, but only lasted, like, two volumes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, like, it would be cool. I think they would probably be like, can you make it Suicide Squad? Yeah. You know, like, editorial would be like, okay, Secret Six, I hear you. Well, hey, you know what? Suicide Squad, Thunderbolts, that's fine, too. I'd fucking want... I'd read that. I'd be all for that. Right? 
in like a nonstop death cage match, these, you know, two government-assisted supervillain teams. Yeah, or like one group is hired to take out the other group. I'm um, all for that. I'd be totally down for that. Norman Osborn versus Amanda Waller in like oh, an arm wrestling contest. That, that I would, I'd love. I would want. I'd want the Osborn team. Ah, I'm on Amanda Waller's team, but pre. No, no, no. no slash, I'm on Waller's oh. team. I'm just saying I would want the Osborn in, uh, you know, in, uh, version of that team. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, not the not the Red Hulk's team. No, 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 not Red Hulk's team. Which which that had a great first issue with Steve Dillon art, and then man, that series went to hell really quick. It was a really cool idea that I was totally on board for. Mm, then quickly got off. Fell right the fuck apart. You know who still really loves that Thunderbolts run? Charles Soule, who wrote the book after everyone stopped reading, and he will Aww. continually make reference to the stuff he wrote, even in Wolverines. He's like, yeah, that Thunderbolts team with the, with the heroes, yeah, that kind of sucked, didn't it? Only to have one of his characters go, eh, I don't know, it had its moments. <laughs> I hate when writers only reference their own stuff or will do it because nobody else will. It's one of my concerns about like the, uh, the Ultimates, where they're referencing, like, the new element in the Marvel Universe and how it could fuck up everything. It's their new, like, Infinity Gauntlet MacGuffin. But only that writer has only ever created it and referenced it. So I'm like, you can't say that that's the thing now. You can't say that's the great new thing. It's like fucking when Silver Surfer with Dan Slott was, like, with whoever, uh, Dora, da uh, Dawn... And she's like, and they get to the end of the universe and the incursions have destroyed everything. And they're like, yeah, but we got something. I'm like, no, you're not. No, nobody's <laughs> reading your that. book enough for that to influence what's happening in Secret Wars. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was talking about this before, uh, while, well, during your, your absence for the brief period <laughs> that you were gone, but, uh, it happens. They had pitched after JLA Avengers, they pitched a Batman Spider-Man ongoing series as a co-production oh. a la Batman Superman or Superman Batman, like by oh, Jeff Loeb, wow. where it's like, eh, it could be in continuity or it could not like whatever. It's more like That's astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine where it's like, look at these two going on adventures and doing stuff. I'm like, fuck, yes, I want to see that. Like, I love the 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 self-contained nature of these crossovers where it's like, mm -hmm. here's a book, and it's beginning, middle, and end. But sometimes I just want to see, like, that way you can see these, like, you can see the things that they don't have time to put in. Mm. Here's um, a here's another pitch for one I'm surprised they haven't done yet, especially with all, with all the movie heat that's going on, and especially because this character is always getting weird in and out of continuity miniseries. Deadpool versus Deathstroke. Yes. Just do it, and just make all the jokes that we as fans have been making for years, where it's like, haha, I'm just kind of a ripoff of it's you. It's true. I mean, I'm way more popular than you. Right, and he's like, yeah, but I'm actually, like, a badass. Like, Deathstroke being like, fuck you, I actually know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a movie, you got a TV. TV show, which you were then quickly written off of because maybe you'll be in Suicide Squad, maybe you won't. <laughs> right. He's like, what? I don't even know what that is. What's a Suicide Squad movie? <laughs> What's a movie even? We don't have those in this universe. Yeah. Apropos that, I think the book that if DC and Marvel ever got their heads out of their ass and wanted to announce they were doing a crossover, the book that I wouldn't necessarily be the first one to buy but would print money is their Deadpool Harley Quinn book. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And all the variants, they would come up as a part of that, certainly. Oh, my God. And it really, it could just be, like, De like Deadpool and Harley destroy the universe, and it's just them dealing with their respective universes. Or not. Whatever. Dude, you give that to Duggan and Palmiotti, they will they will knock that out in a weekend. Amanda Connor will draw. Amanda Connor on art would be fucking fabulous. Because, because Palmiotti writes 
Harley Quinn currently, and he wrote Deadpool for a spell too, so yeah. he has knowledge. I'm sure Palmiotti would jam it with references to stuff he wrote. Oh, no doubt. And he'd be like, hey, remember the time Deadpool did this? Yeah. <laughs> and then Deadpool would break into Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor's house because Palmiotti's done that joke too, and he'd be like, stop referencing things you did. <laughs> I can't help it though. I'm sorry. And then Deadpool hits on Amanda Connor. Yeah. Um, right. I love in Harley Quinn number zero when Catwoman and Harley Quinn crash uh, Palmiotti and Connor's wedding. That's funny. I and like they're that. robbing from everyone. And Harley's like, you know, gee, I kind of feel bad about this. I've seen the sales for All Star Western. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, nice. He's not afraid to punk himself. <laughs> right. Um, another one that I would like to see that was in the works, but then they said will never happen. And so, and, uh, Art, the, the writer and artist team have both said, as as early as the last time I tweeted it at one of them, mm -hmm. uh, a Batman Daredevil book. Oh, see, that one seems almost too obvious, doesn't They're, it? Well, it's so happened. obvious they did one. Oh, that's right, they did. And they? it's not good. But who wrote that one? That was... <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I think I, I have it. was it. Miller, but no, it wasn't. No, 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 no. It was... Uh, well, I don't know. I'll pull it up. Hang on. Because I, I have to know. Because it was it was during a period where like it, it, it was not the best period in uh, no, in Batman's history. Uh, it was written by Alan Grant. Oh, with okay. Art, or no, uh, I'm sorry. It was, it was written by Matt Hollingsworth. I was going to say Alan Grant, the man who's not Grant Morrison or Alan Moore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the cover is the best part of this book. Um, but yeah, the book that I want is Batman Daredevil written by Bendis. With art by Alex Maleev. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good just, artist. It's just really fucking dark and cool, and like, it just explores those two characters and their self hatred. Yeah. Um, I would read the shit out of that book, and I I tweeted at Maleev maybe like a few months ago, and I'm like, somebody asked me on Twitter, they were like, what would you, what's your favorite crossover? And I'm like, Batman, Batman, uh, Daredevil with Maleev with at Maleev and at Ben is Maleev's like, fuck yes, man. <laughs> But, but Malik right is kind of French. He'd be like, a fuck yes, a man. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> is what he, it's funny. I, I'm sure I told this story before, but this fan expo, I was uh, interviewing Charles Soule right before he took over Daredevil. And I was saying, you know, man, are, are you worried about taking over this book? Because there's this great legacy of writers from, you know, the good Frank Miller years to Bendis to Rucka to everyone yeah. in between. And then Malib, who's on the table right across me, he's like, hey, what about all the artists who have been involved? <laughs> And I'm like, I'm, hey, we all know you were great, Malieve. We all know you did a good job. <laughs> Damn right, you did. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm like, dude, I just got punked by Alex Malieve. Yeah, that's awesome. That said, by the way, somebody in the chat was like, what about Frank Miller? Frank Miller wrote Daredevil and Batman, and wouldn't that be a beautiful disaster? I completely yeah. agree. Oh, only if he gets to write it now. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, we, we're not doing time travel. We're doing, like, just living in the now. If they could get their heads out of their asses, make this thing happen. A Frank Miller written maybe drawn oh, uh batman geez. daredevil crossover would be just a nightmare but the most amazing epic nightmare of all time I, I could just imagine them both shirtless in the rain screaming at each other i'm the goddamn batman no i'm the goddamn daredevil don't take the lord's name in vain sock <laughs> that's right that's right i'd like that a lot oh my god those two and then um, you'd be like, wait, 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 is, is Frank Miller parodying fascist states or is he actually all for a fascist state? I can't tell anymore. I don't know. That's the that's the beauty of that character. Um, I tweeted at Todd McFarlane the other day about how I'm like, I was picking up a wizard magazine and I have this, it's this amazing wizard where the cover is drawn by J. Scott Campbell 
and it's of Spider-Man and Spawn. Nice. Where is that crossover? And the only person that should draw it is Todd McFarlane because <laughs> I fucking want to see that shit. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see Todd McFarlane draw and sp- draw Spider-Man again. Just just one double-page splash. I'm, I'm sure that crossover exists in McFarlane's sketchbook. Oh no! I mean, like, look. Let's be real here. Spawn's mask is just a variant on Spider-Man's mask. Yes, it is. So, yes, it's just Spawn. It's just Spider-Man in a cape. With, like, a bunch of 90s crap all over it. Yep, chains and whips and all sorts of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, and spikes. Uh, so many spikes. But that said, I would love to see a, a, a Spawn Spider-Man crossover. It would be so dumb. It because would be. What would the story of that even what be? What would the story be? Uh, I like, guess that the... You know what it would be? That's a story that, like, they would be like, okay, well, we're not going to set it in today. We're going to set it in the, in the past. So the symbiote to. finds Violator... Oh, there you go. And you have, like, Venom... Ventilator. Ventilator, yeah. And he's the mouth with a tongue and it, the, the logo. It and looks even more uh, alien. Extra than arms. And Spawn and, Sp- and Spider-Man's like, what the fuck am I looking at? And Spider-Man's Spawn- like, it's okay, I'm an expert on fighting symbiotes, so I'll help you out. Exactly. And the other thing is, Spawn's costume is a symbiote, so you could you yeah. could do a thing there where like maybe the symbiote like is is purged off of Spawn, but he takes the Venom symbiote or the Carnage symbiote, and the Carnage he, symbiote goes to Violator. And you know how you end that one? They're fighting on top of a church, as like ninety percent of Spawn is. Yep. And then Spawn just you know uses his chains to ring the bell, oh. and the bell you know hurts the symbiote. Yes. Ah, oh, that'd be amazing. And uh, Spider-Man makes a quippy joke, sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> I could also see an image where uh, Ventilator has Spider-Man on the ropes, and then you hear this clang, and it and it gets their attention. And Spawn uses his chains and cape to have brought. He stole the bell, and he's <laughs> ringing it in the alleys, and the walls nice. of the alley create a more cacophonous. Sound and the bums are all like, "We're trying to drink over here." <laughs> it's so yeah. I as much as I want to see that, it's it's a stupid. It, it kind of writes itself at a point. It really does. Um, even though those characters have nothing to do with each other and have no. It's like, what would they even talk about when they're not fighting bad guys? It's like the Spawn Spot Batman crossover, where it's like Batman thinks Spawn is an asshole and Spawn doesn't know what he's doing there. Yeah. But uh, also written by Frank Miller, also completely fucking insane. Now, obviously, these are just, you know, uh, like, comic characters crossing over with other superhero characters. We've seen some cool crossovers in the last little bit that have been, like, weird properties like Green Lantern, Star Trek, and Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, we have. Thankfully, we are seeing collaboration within other corners of the industry. But Mommy and Daddy Mm -hmm. need need to at least... You know, come to the same play together. Like, <laughs> if nice choice of words. You know, if they're divorced, at least show up for your kids. But at least Uncle Larry at IDW and like <laughs> happy old Uncle Larry. Yeah. At IDW. And, uh, and and an and image through of Dark Horse. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. I mean, Dark Horse, man. That's the thing. Uh, but uh, you know, you got something as as as, re- as old slash recent as the Invincible Spider-Man crossover, where. Uh, you had, you had Invincible meet up with Spider-Man and how fun that was. And that was kind of cool. That was a cool crossover. Um, and they and Kirkman's like, hey, look, this isn't necessarily the most depressing fucking thing ever. And you're like, wow. how Hard to believe. Thanks. Good, good for you, Robert. But, uh, yeah. Any other pitches you got for, for, the, for a hopeful future, a bright future? Here's, here's one I'm shocked that Marvel hasn't actually done yet. Like, shocked, shocked, shocked. 
Guardians of the Galaxy meets Star Wars. Now, that's a thing I think is inevitable. I mean, it has to, right? It has to. I think that that Star Wars Marvel will have to happen at some point or another, even though it is a a creatively bankrupt concept, because it's like... The last thing I need is Star Wars to be polluted by other universes. <laughs> you be at that point, you just become Patton Oswalt from that filibuster thing. Exactly. That's it's almost a little too on the nose. But that said, it's almost too nerdy for me. I'm like, no, no. If if I read this, I'll want to give myself a swirly and kick my own ass. Yeah, I, I mean, listen. Would it be awesome? Yes. Yeah. Would it disrupt everything? Yeah. Yes. It would ruin it. I mean, like, when do you pick it? Like, what period in Star Wars do you pick? Does it change anything? Does it affect anything? And I guess the way you do it is you set it between A New Hope and Empire, and you say that there's Which is like an where alter- we are now currently in the comics that yep. are really good. And you set it and and you say that it's in an alternate thing or like once it once the star once marvel gets involved it it spawns another universe where it it goes off another direction mm-hmm. i feel like that's the only way you could do it cuz like you can't i mean like well cuz i like things to matter i hate when it doesn't and i hate when they're like every it was like the planet of the apes star trek crossover which i don't know if you got anybody fucking read that except for me <laughs> um if you ever catch our uh, our appearance on Comic Book Men, which should be this season. The season that's playing Ooh. right now will be the one where you see me, Tiffany, and Ben. I uh, keep meaning to watch that. On Comic Book Men. Uh, but if you see me in the background, I'm reading the Star Trek Planet of the Apes crossover. Nice, nice. Because they, the tra- they had the trade there. Read it cover to cover. Star Trek, which also had a crossover with X-Men at one point. They had two crossovers. One in a novel oh, form, shit. which was terrible. I'm thinking of the one where they fight Gary Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's a comic book version which has, I think it's the original series cast, where it's, uh, so they can make the joke where Dr. McCoy is being So caged. they say, Dr. McCoy, we need you, and then both Dr. McCoys look up. And you're like, this is the whole reason you made this stupid thing, isn't it? Just for this joke. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, by the way, it took place during a period when it's like, yeah, they'll do crossovers for anything. Fucking how about Archie Punisher? Yeah. And Wolverine Jughead, which never happened. Yeah. They did, uh, there's also the Batman Punisher crossover that I'd like to see written by Garth Ennis. I wouldn't that have been way better. Imagine if they gave Garth Ennis the keys to Batman. Oh my God. What he would do with I, it. He, they basically did, uh, Garth Ennis created and wrote a character named Hitman for a while. Oh yes, I do, I do believe I remember the Hitman. Yes, and, uh. Tommy no, had forty-seven Hitman. Yeah, and Tommy had his experience with Batman, and we kind of got we 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 got what Garth Ennis's opinion of Batman is <laughs> from that. But yeah, uh, a okay. Terminator Superman that was another one that totally happened. Superman crossed over with Terminator, and it was the cyborg Superman working with Skynet. That's fucking hilarious and awesome. That's like yes. a that's a no that writes its fucking self. Because uh, again, cyborg Superman is just a Terminator. Just yeah, look at his face. He's just a Terminator. Uh, well, I mean, uh, they, the the Batman Predator crossover is a, is the best. Two and Batman three, Alien crossover. Batman Alien is amazing. Where it's Batman just fighting aliens in a temple. It's the plot of Predator. Yes. With aliens and Batman. And Batman. Brilliant. That's, it's two that's parts. like something someone scrawled on their notebook in shop class. That's, it, I think it's only two parts. The art's awesome. The story's sweet. And it can take place at any point in Batman's history. It doesn't matter. And it's super cool. Fucking totally on board. It's really, really great. Uh, 
That said, there's Predator versus Superman, which I have. Uh, it's not great. Uh, there's <laughs> no, also really there's also that. Predator versus JLA, which I also have. It's the worst thing ever. Um, but let's but, not forget that Alien versus Predator is also a comic crossover. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a cro- there's a crossover Alien versus Predator versus Terminator. Wow, it's worse than awful. It, wasn't there also a RoboCop versus Judge Dredd at one point too? There was. I know there was a RoboCop versus Terminator. Uh, I don't know about Dredd. Probably. There's a Batman if, Dredd. There's two of them. If Judge Dredd hasn't fought RoboCop, Judge Dredd should fight RoboCop at one Easily, point. Easily, no question. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. No, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Uh, Batman versus Dredd was fun, if not fucking off the wall bonkers mm-hmm. uh, arts, a lot of Judge Dredd stories are like for the people they, who have only seen the movies Judge Dredd is fucking weird Judge Dredd is is bonkers and if it's not then it's not really Judge Dredd if you like the movie is fucking great it's what yes, it's the it it's for my, me my favorite iteration of Judge Dredd the it's comics really- are not for me they're they're a little too off the wall for me it's it's a little too European for my for my it's sensibilities. Very European. It's very very European. But uh, but that said, that movie is fucking amazing, and I think God, even it. even Dread fans are like, no no no, that movie's really great. <laughs> By it the is. way, rumor has it, not that they're making a sequel because they never fucking will, mm. but they might make a show. I would like that very much. I'd Put like Judge, that more. Bring Judge Dread to Netflix, please. Yes, I'll take that. <laughs> Imagine a season of Judge Dredd and just every episode's another case. Exactly. And just on the same fucking budget they had the last movie. I remember and seeing... Can, and you can also explore the themes that the movies never had time to explore because, no, 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 we're shooting stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, man, that movie's so brilliant. The way that they, like, they open it up, they show you the universe, and then they get trapped in a building where they built one set fucking yep. gold like thank the you the idea that it's an action movie that finally has a reason to do gratuitous slow-mo oh my god yeah that was and i saw that movie in 3d which i hate doing i hate movies in 3d i wish i saw it in 3D. and i was like this is cool all right you did a good job I'm like all right movie good job you figured it out um yeah, the, the ch- chat keeps yelling this one at me, so I'll finally say it. Okay. And it would it would be a good chance to, for more conversation. When comic book characters cross over with celebrities, like the one-time uh, Punisher met Eminem. I hate when that happens. I think it's... I think it, I think it dates it to the, to the worst degree. A little bit. And celebrities for me are unnecessary like i i actually did read the punisher uh eminem crossover you know you know, you know what the weirdest thing is i took away from it what's that man barracuda is really out of character in this oh that's that was my big takeaway. <laughs> barracuda you know the punisher villain who everyone remembers because he got his own miniseries i'm like man this this guy's really out of character he, he would have just shot him and exactly and done with it <laughs> yeah they were like uh, in his face and sang a song about it. And I love the reasoning for why Eminem and Punisher have to team up. And that is, oh, well, you see Barracuda before he became an assassin. He was in the rap game for a bit. Naturally. Naturally. I mean, like, uh, when they do... Uh, they, I remember the, the first one that I read was when Spider-Man teamed up with the cast of SNL. Oh, God, that is a thing. John Belushi. They, and the villain was Silver Samurai, so you could have the samurai yep. versus Silver Samurai. So stupid. But, like, that, is, that, that wasn't an event. That was just a joke. It was just a one-off issue that they were like, 
here's something. And yet very New York, too, because you figure Peter Parker lives in New York. He's probably seen a couple of Saturday Night Live right. tapings. He probably took at least Mary Jane to a taping. Yeah. And Mary point. Jane's like, I don't get this. This show hasn't been funny in forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 1978. Like She's like, I like the old cast better. <laughs> yeah, really? Oh, God. But, I liked uh, it when it was weird stoner humor. Yeah. Uh, I remember in Ultimates when, like, it was nonstop celebrity cameos, like Shannon Elizabeth. And I'm like, oh, this book came out in 2000. How do I know that? Because of <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth. <laughs> I like even the movies do that. Like, you go back and you watch Iron Man 1. It's like, oh, Jim Cramer's Mad Money. No, no, really. It was, it's funny because there's always that funny, like, line for, for, uh, topical references in your timeless like action films because if it's done right it works or it it crystallizes it into a beautiful like yep. moment in time but if you if you do it wrong it's garbage or it's it like is. incredibly depressingly dated sometimes it's cringeworthy i remember in that terrible american godzilla there's a bit there where they're like oh the the, the worst uh, tragedy to hit new york since the uh since the twin tower bombings of whenever and i'm like ooh 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 yeah you yeah. didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know. It's okay. No one could have known. Well, like the the, the co mayors of uh God uh, of New York in the Godzilla remake. Siskel and Ebert. Siskel, Siskel and fucking Ebert. Because like, the director really hated those guys, and so he devoted an entire part of the movie just to being like, "Oh, I hate you." Which is like, who the fuck are they? And you know what, what I loved about that is that when Siskel and Ebert saw the movie, you know what their big complaint was. So you make us the mayor and co-mayor of the city, and you don't even feed us to the monster? Thumbs down. Yeah, exactly. It's so like, weak. You're right. You're right, Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> Thumbs down to that shit. Take off your shoes and toes down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, celebrities in comics, uh, it, it, I like when they reference them like sometimes, but when they do it overtly, it's it feels a little like... All right, let's let's move on. Now I'm fine when they show up in the background because it's well, actually you know sometimes I'm not okay. Sometimes that annoys me more. I remember they made a big deal. I think it was a Spider-Man issue where they're like, "Oh, look, the cast of the Big Bang Theory is in the background." I'm like, "No, no." Yeah, of course they are. I, and I reject this. Classic because uh, and it would, be, it would be brilliant to put it in a Marvel book since Big Bang Theory is prohibited from fucking using any of them. Like they can't and, use Marvel characters. It's all DC over there at Big Bang Theory. See, I don't even watch the show, so I didn't even know that. It's legit. It's literally all DC because Warner Brothers. Oh, of course. So, uh, yeah, they can reference the characters, but like at one point, one of the characters dressed like Th like the the Norse god Thor. Mm -hmm. So he has to but wear like Marvel he Thor. looks like a fucking idiot because he's not even close to the comic book Thor. And you're like, come on, it, <laughs> I, I hate that show. <laughs> The chat had another funny one there. What about Kardashians versus the X-Men? And I'm like, well, they are a bunch of weirdos who live in a mansion, so they might get along. <laughs> I mean, they, they are both teams are addicted to drama. So I that can see too. that happening. It's so true. Their lives, they can't operate with that. I imagine, like, the Kardashians lose their house, and so they start looking at Professor X's mansion. It's like, we want to buy this place. And they're like, oh no, God. we're not going to sell it to you. Yep, and then they Come fucking on. feature them on the show and, like, try and, like, publicly strong-arm them into, like, relinquishing <laughs> the property. Yep, that's a book. And you know and what? It's like, like, it's like, Professor X, why don't you just use your mental powers to make them not want to do it? No, that wouldn't be fair. That would not be, yeah, that wouldn't be fair. But meanwhile, all the other civil rights violations that I've committed over the 
or human rights yeah. violations I've I've committed if would would fucking be fine. Yeah, psychops is like we gotta get these cameras out of here, man. There's a lot of shady crap we're doing around here that I don't want exposed. <laughs> psychops, get the camera out of my face. Yeah, or of course the greatest crossover of all time when Spider-Man helped out Barack Obama. He did. That's right. now is that issue actually worth anything now, or is that another? X-Men I doubt it. I think it is definitely. So many. I'm sure it's worth nothing. People bought it thinking it would be worth something. Anybody who goes out to buy a book because of something that happens in it and thinking that, like, if they sit on it for a couple of years, it'll be worth something is an idiot. Yeah, and it I, happens a lot. I mean, like, it, those days are over. The only ones you should invest in are ones that people can't, haven't been able to get for 30, 50 years. Like, the last comic, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, that's actually worth something is Walking Dead number one. Yes. Because there was an incredibly short, like, uh, publication of that. I think it was only something like, uh, only a couple thousand. Yeah. Were actually printed of Walking Dead number one. So if you have a first edition Walking Dead number one, that's worth a lot. And they do sell for a lot, usually on eBay when a new season of the show starts up. Yes, but when that show tanks or when it, like, eventually dies... It will, it will not be worth as much anymore. It's 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 got a spinoff now, and it's in like what its sixth, seventh season. I think if it was going to tank, it would have tanked long before that. I mean, it will eventually end, and that's when that's when you'll see you know those days over. I remember when uh, when Cap died, there was a whole spe- speculation mark. There was an, a, right. an attempted speculation takeover where people went. I remember the store that I shopped in back there, uh, or back then, was inundated by speculators. The whole they were sold out. It's funny Cap got it, but Wolverine didn't when they were trying to kill Wolverine. You called the event Death of Wolverine. Death of Wolverine. You made it a miniseries. Which is a great series, don't get me wrong. Oh, I really like that. Oh my god, one. McNiven knocked it out of the park. We that was when we that was when we first Beautiful. started on Off the Rack to do we're gonna do the whole show. We're gonna do the whole series. We're not gonna just do one issue. We're just gonna do the whole damn series. When it comes out, we just do it. Because it was so awesome. Kind of an anticlimactic ending, but uh It w- it had to be though. Yeah. It didn't have to be. It could have been good, but it was not. <laughs> See, I dig the just no words, just Logan reflecting on his oh, life. Oh no, that shit was happened. awesome. I just mean like they wrapped up everything. In kind of a a, mon- a villain monologue, yeah, you know, like we we there's we we spent a lot of time on a lot of different characters who didn't add anything to the plot, but really made it a really cool comic. But then at the end of it, it was somebody else, and he reveals himself at the. End. It's just kind of like, oh, uh, like. Just felt I, like it was a little I, weak. I never read all of the Wolverines. Where, where did that go? Because I know they were fighting over, like, his uh, adamantium-encased corpse. I don't know. I, I remember being schooled recently. Somebody was like, oh, no, they, they took him out of the out of the, out of the the adamantium. I was like, oh, really? How? I, I, I dropped off reading, uh, what is it, Sons of Wolverine or The Wolverines when it's like, yeah. oh, okay, so you guys, are just, you guys are just doing shit now. You're not actually going in any direction. Nope. You're just having shenanigans. Oh, you mean like a, a, like a comic called Who Will Wield the Shield? A lot of shenanigans. Fuck that. <laughs> stupid. Just a stupid attempt. I mean, like, was it, did they do cool things? Listen, if you have a writer and a person who writes for a living and you tell them to do something... If they are worth their salt, there will be some moments that are really cool and genuine out of it. Oh, yeah. But even like even if you are forcing them to do, to further some dumbass agenda, but I'm not going to help you. 
fun fact now that I think of Wolverines, it was in that book that uh, Charles Souls created this uh, woman thief character who I think she's French and she has a talking cat and everything. <laughs> because it was her who mentioned the Thunderbolts run that he did before, and now that lady thief character is in the newest arc of Inhumans. She Shocking. just stole some stuff from the Inhumans, and I'm like, man, Charles Souls really loves this character. He just, yeah, he was like, you know what, no one's going to use that character? Fuck you, I'm going to use her. Guess what, she's coming back now. Yeah, and she's going to be a real big deal. Yeah, so, so like, say I. All right, man. Uh, do you have any other pitches that we should talk about, or should we should we wind down with uh, with thoughts of uh, of the future? I, I'm I'm sure I can think of something. Uh, man, I thought I had so many more. I, I yeah, me like too. The, I, I I like the fact I, I, is I blew my wad too early on this one. I know that that Secret Six one is a really cool idea though. That was um, that was my top one. I'm like, well, shit, I got nothing. Now. Well, I want to see that. Maybe Justice League versus Squadron Supreme because Squadron Supreme are just Marvel parody characters. That would be amazing. Um, I mean, like the fact is, what I really like to see is DC and Marvel. Not, I don't want to see them necessarily owned by the same company, but I would like to see them not like be part of the same. You like rec- acknowledge it, you know? Like Grant Morrison can be like, that in this world over here might just be Marvel, but like, no, 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 make it like. Hey. Be part of it. You know what else would be a fun crossover? Milestone with the main DC universe. I'd love it if that happened. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool if they could yeah. just, like, acknowledge they own those characters? I, I love that they're just like, Milestone? What's, what's Milestone? Never heard of it. Yeah, fuck them. I don't understand, too, because it's like, what's the purpose of buying it if you're not going to use the damn thing? Friggin' Midnighter and the Authority and Stormwatch and all those characters got more of a push and more of an attempt at, like, uh, integration than they did with anything from Milestone. It's true. It's just a. It's just weird. It's weird with their... See, that's the thing. Like, it's weird, their decision-making. Like, I understand that bats sell comics, but you're a publishing company. You make books. You tell stories. And it's... it's like, why do people like certain characters? Like, they like them because of a story that had an emotional resonance. If you put it there... They'll buy it. It's, like it's even funnier in the wake of DC Rebirth, where it's like, yeah, we're honoring our legacy and the legacy of our characters. I'm like, well, what about all these other comic character companies that you um? Nah, screw that. Fuck them. <laughs> I would love it if Jeff John said that in the video. It's like in Static Shock and you know and and Hardware yeah. and Blood Syndicate and like Midnighter and Authority and Stormwatch. Fuck them. Fuck them. You're gonna see more Bat than you've ever seen before in your life. <laughs> now that said, like a Batman Rebirth book, I'm all for it. Like you yeah. did an amazing job. Green Lantern and Flash Rebirths are f- spectacular. I'm surprised it took you this long. Batman to do Eternal that. is great, and I like that Jeff Johns mentioned the success of uh, Batman and Robin Eternal. Yes, when it came to reintroducing old Batman characters in cool, interesting ways. It's very cool. It's very cool. I appreciated the hell out of it. I think that DC Rebirth is gonna really fucking is gonna take off in a way that DCU didn't, and in a way that New Fifty Two was incapable of i think i don't think that it's gonna be i don't think dc rebirth is gonna be as successful on paper as new 52 i don't think it's gonna beat it It, but it, it, it is an interesting culling where they're like okay so every book we introduced in dcu yeah that's all gone now yeah uh we're going back to the barrett bones and also even other books like okay birds of prey is back but we don't trust it to just be birds of prey so now it's batgirl and the birds of prey i mean i see what they're doing and i recognize why it's important just don't treat us like idiots and don't and and have a fucking plan 
Like Green Lantern Corps wasn't as popular as we wanted, so now it's Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern. I mean, like, here's the thing: like, don't publish as. I think they need to half their publishing. They basically did, and that's basically did. That's a great fucking idea. Like, I mean, the fact is, you put if you if you could put top quality. I mean, the fact is, good shit sells. It's how everything works. Like, it's how everything, it's it's the basis for everything. Like, sure, people like cheap, but if, but you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the piracy of music has mm. kind of died when you made music just easily available and cheap enough. So True. it is with comics. Like, if it's good, it will sell. And if True. you half the amount of, uh, of book output and you put decent fucking people on them and you put it out regularly on a good schedule, then you will have a, a titanous industry. It will be really, really great. The, the chat just came up with a good one, too. Uh, who, who owns Men in Black? What comic company was that by? Oh, I know they got bought up by someone. I wanna, it wasn't Mirage. It was like... It was started with an M, but it wasn't Malibu. It no, wasn't it wasn't Malibu. It wasn't Mirage. I uh, think Marvel owns Men in Black. I want to say they own the rights to it. That's interesting. I, I would hope not. <laughs> I, I want to say they own it, and if so, let's have Skrulls versus Men in Black. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Wouldn't that be a thing? Wouldn't that be great? And you get Agent K and Agent J back. I I mean, like, if, if Agent K and Agent J as S.H.I.E.L.D. agents? Oh, or the Men in Black being an dude, arm of S.H.I.E.L.D. would be fucking dude. cool. Well, wouldn't they technically be more of an arm of sword because sword deals with aliens? I think sword's dead. I think they got rid of sword. Did they get rid of sword? I think now sword. it's. I think now it's Alpha Flight. I keep waiting for sword to come back in one of those Marvel TV shows. Yeah. At some point, where it's like, come on, you need you need the evil agency for them to go up against. I really it's not thought really Hydra. Yeah, I really thought sword was coming. Like when they were start, when they were like leaning towards the whole alien problem, I was like, oh yeah. I was like, yeah. I kept, I kept waiting for that lady, like a uh, Phil Coulson's love interest. I'm like, say sword, say it. You yes. Know, you don't want to say it, say it, say it, say yeah, it. Yeah, come on, be sword. Nah. No, we're not sword. We're the we're the APA or whatever. Holy shit! It was Malibu. Was it Malibu? Okay. <laughs> wow. I see. I go fig go me then for remembering yeah, that it was. Yeah, I Malibu. remember it was one that I had heard of. I was because I remember it being in the opening credits. I was like, oh right. Now, now, what was Malibu's big superhero universe? The Megaverse or the Ultraverse? It was the Ultraverse with, like, Prime and Zombie Guy or whatever. And the one who looked like Booster Gold and Iron Man had a baby. Yep. That guy. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> and all those types. Man, the friggin' uh, Ultra Force Ultra- cartoon. Oh, the cartoon? Show. Yeah. That was fucking great. That theme song, it was just Ultra Force! Ultra Force! Extreme! Dude, let's just get all the def- uh, you know defunct cartoons together. Let's have Savage Dragon crossover with Ultra Force, yep. crossover with Wildcats. Wildcats. One of the greatest theme songs in the 90s. Wildcats, Wildcats. Unbeatable power. <laughs> They're so heroes, good. not zeros. Inspired lyrical stylings, thank you. <laughs> Man, Jim Lee wrote that himself. <laughs> Probably just scrawled that on a napkin and said, "Make it sound like yeah. this." But yeah, uh, but those I love that Grifter is like still kind of around. <laughs> still like yeah, Grifter. You could I mean like fuck man. I get the Gen thirteen was just a cheesecake factory, but like you could sell a Gen thirteen book. 
today. Think? A teen book of comprised mostly of females that have interesting powers. Like today's Marvel climate, yeah. I mean, if Miss Marvel can be such a huge smash hit, and if all this other stuff can do really well, why why aren't they giving that to G Willow Wilson? Aren't they just like, hey, look, you, you got a pitch for this? It'd be amazing to see someone like Gail Simone or G Willow Wilson take over oh, for Gen Thirteen Margaret because Bennett. they'd be so. Oh, Margaret Bennett. I mean, like, I don't want to give her everything because she's so fucking great, but like, because she's busy already. Exactly. But uh, it would be great to see like a feminist write Gen Thirteen <laughs> for them to be like. So, um, this was written by a guy uh, who gave people softcore pornography, uh, and yep. now I'm going to make a, a universe out of them. I think Gail Simone actually did write some of Gen 13. I think that was I the problem. I think it was actually, I think it was just really bad. I think she just didn't know what the hell to do with them. You gotta have a good pitch. That's the thing. You just gotta have a, good, have a decent pitch. You're right, Chad. Freakazoid does need to be in more things. Oh my god. Freakazoid needs to be in fucking everything. I remember, I think it was the Disney comics. They had like a big crisis event that brought over like DuckTales and Darkwing Duck and yeah. all that stuff that they owned into a thing in their pantheon of villains. Why don't they do that with the WB stuff? It can be Freakazoid and the mani uh, the Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain yep. and Hysteria and the Zeta all coming Project. together. Uh, oh, Zeta Project, technically part of the DC universe listen, because he crossed over with Batman Beyond. Yeah, Freakazoid is owned by Warner Brothers. Freakazoid could be in the DCU right now. Dude, Snyder, come on. Seriously? Isn't that fucking a great idea? Because, like, you could update his origin only slightly. Because he's literally a meme factory. Like, that's yeah. all you need to do. It's just like... You, you want something to compete with Deadpool, DC Warner Freakazoid. Brothers? That would sell in a heartbeat. Super teen extraordinaire. And then Freakazoid. you do your fucking Deadpool... Or you do your, your Freakazoid Harley Quinn book. Freakazoid makes more sense today than he did when he was made. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He is a man sucked into the internet, and instead of becoming an omnipotent godchild, he becomes a meme-spouting man-child. That'd be fucking cool. That's a thing. You know what? Free a charge. <laughs> that, that's yours. I just want to see it happen. Get somebody who's, like, really, really relevant to write that. Somebody who knows his, his, his jokes. You know what I mean? I mean, like... I don't know. Who at DC is really funny right now? At DC? That's a good question. I would give it to Nick Spencer, but I think Nick Spencer is Marvel exclusive. I think he is. Nick Spencer would do a fucking great job. Uh, Nick Spencer is way too funny. Like, I read his stuff and I laugh uproariously, which, man, I think that's got to be a topic, too. Funny comics. Yeah, funny, funny comics. Com funny comics are hard. They are hard, because it's like, yeah funny <laughs> like, and, and it's hard making the jump over like you know spider-man in the comics is funny yeah. movie spider-man is at a hard time being funny that's it's hard because you know when you read a joke versus when you hear a joke yeah and it's all in the delivery movie spider-man should be funnier than comic spider-man mm -hmm. but he ain't <laughs> well well give it a chance for you know the marvel cinematic universe yeah. i'm those movies are funny anyway. Yeah, so they're, they're going to give us funny. a funny Spider-Man. I'm, I'm very hopeful for the Spider-Man. He's going to be quippy. He's going to be good. Exactly. Well, there you go, guys. That was. Uh, it's been an hour and twenty minutes. Might as well wrap it up now. But uh, oh, uh, one last good one from the chat because I wish I came up with it. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man 2099 versus Batman Beyond. Oh, that writes itself. It does. They're in the future. They're shocking this. They're shocking that. It's way shway. It's way shway. We're just going to have an argument over whose slang is stupider. Yep. Then <laughs> they're going to fight the Joker's gang, and they're going to ride around on their motorbikes. The one downside of uh, Batman Beyond, I don't think he had any truly exceptional villains. Batman Beyond, I mean, like, I think they thought Ink was a great villain. They kept bringing her back. She was definitely a good 
physical threat and yes. the fun, and if you follow the series he never actually beat her on his own the royal flush gang i think were a great like They're issue for i mean like 10 being the whole like the the, the Catwoman, Catwoman thing show. element that was really another, great they were another cool idea and they had a cool arc but yeah you know. that was tight man the fucking the last one where he's like he takes her note and just throws it in the fucking garbage every totally has sex with her yeah, totally. You're like, no question. <laughs> Free hard stuff, man. Pretty that heavy. That was tough. That was, a, that was a great fucking series. That was a good one. But uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That was the Elseworlds Exchange talking about crossovers and the future of these two titans kind of getting together and what it means. Like, crossovers, mm. for me, represent a brighter future for comic books. And since we're kind of in it already, we should we should be celebrating it by by actually having tangible evidence that, it, that, that, the, that the industry is working. Mm. So... I want to thank you guys so much for being here and being part of the show. Joel, I want to thank you for being here, of course, as always. Oh, always a pleasure. It's funny. Some of these crossover ideas feel kind of like what we did last week with our verses, because it's funny how many crossovers are just based at, well, but what if they fought, though? Right, exactly. But what But what if they fought, though? But what if they um, fought? The great thing is you don't have to think of a story, though. With the fighting, it's just they, they just fought. <laughs> and they fought for 20 pages. Exactly. I mean, listen, those are the books that sell. Uh, what is happening on Cape Joel that we can look forward to seeing this week? Uh, well, obviously, because it's Wednesday, got all sorts of new books coming out. If you head on over to my channel right now, you can find Daredevil number four, which I reviewed. You can also find a brand new episode of the Comic Multiverse. That is the comic book show I do with Matt every week. Uh, we talk about the new DC Rebirth. We talk about that new Flash costume. Uh, lots of good material on that show if you are so inclined to listen. Uh, I launched a new show, Cape Kitchen, which is just me eating that new Batman cereal. It has over a thousand views right now, <laughs> making it one of the more popular things I've done on my channel. Apparently, my calling has been to eat cereal on the internet this whole time. You can't beat that. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually serious about trying to launch like an actual real show off the back, but I don't know if you've seen it, but there's that DC cookbook out there back in the day when like everyone had freaking cookbooks. Yep. So I'm thinking of buying that and then like every couple weeks trying a recipe off the back of it. That sounds great. There's like Green Lantern pizza and like Superman <laughs> yogurt parfait. I'm like, I can oh do my that. God. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I got to do my recipe for Krypton punch is what I got to <laughs> do. Because I make a mean Krypton punch. Oh, well, it has a little bit of Krypton in it. Just a little bit of kryptonite. That gives it its spice. That's right. <laughs> it, it might kill you slowly like it does Lex Luthor, but you know. But, you know, then you, you might get a cool power suit out of the deal. You might get a badass power suit out of it. Uh, over here, we've got back issues coming out tomorrow. It's going to be Superman versus Spider-Man, where we talk about that at length. Uh, as such, we have a bunch of tangents that are spun out of that. And Monday sees the return of Dramatic Comics, uh, oh. where, we talk, where we do uh, The Killing Joke. And uh, we launched a new series called Panels and Pixels that stars Tiffany, where she plays comic book-related video games with a special co-host every week. So it's kind of a it's, it's kind of a redo of your uh, old uh, video yeah game bonus show round. Games. It's like a re it's like a rebranding of bonus round. If uh, if you ever do the PS2 uh, Punisher game, or maybe I'll have to capture some footage for that. I would love to talk about that one because the know. PS2 Punisher game is sick. That it would yeah. I like legitimately sick. Yeah, we have uh, we have a PS2, so that would work out fine. Wicked. Um, yeah, that comes out probably bi-weekly. I don't I don't know. Yeah, we, we're still working it out, but probably not every week. Um, but yeah, so we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to check out Cape Joel in the comment section or in the description box below this video. And uh, thanks for sticking around during our little technical issues. I'm glad. Yeah, that sorry <laughs> about that. Internet is bullshit. Exactly. Uh, also, it gives us our living. <laughs> that too. That too. I'm sorry, Internet. God, it is bullshit please. and great. <laughs> 
See you it's guys like, later. Oh, you say it's bullshit now, but if it went out tomorrow. Yeah, we'd be fucked. Uh, all right, see you guys next time. Thanks a lot for watching. Bye-bye.